welcome all of you always believe more than expected is the vision of vsit esal as esal has started a podcast series of young entrepreneurs who will share their success stories with us which will help the further young generation entrepreneurs to achieve in their dreams so here the esal of vsit comes up with their second podcast series good afternoon one and all my name is zainab kachwala and i'm the vice president of esal and i welcome you all to our podcast series dreamers of today and achievers of tomorrow our guests for today's series are the ex students of vidyalankar itself mr yash kadakia he is the founder and chief technology officer at security brigade and mr akhil dalvi he is the product manager at vistaru so let's get started with this cool uh, thank you zainab for the introduction hey yash how are you doing hey akhilam doing well how are you doing good good man so you know how about starting with a brief intro about yourself and you know what security brigade is all about sure um so security brigade uh, is basically a security services company right what we do is in a nutshell uh, work with different customers of different sizes in uh, different geographies to help them protect anything that they have in terms of technology right uh, so it could range from something as simple as servers and websites and mobile applications uh to hardware devices to atm machines to telecom infrastructure so it could be essentially anything with an ip address is the way we put it right um so i mean that's what we do in a nutshell of course it's a, there's a lot more to it essentially uh but all of it comes down to just helping them secure themselves from attacks from uh, anybody trying to break into their infrastructure and then sort of uh recommending ways in which they can fix it how can they address it and then help them go forward from there Okay, got it. And could you tell us more about when the company was started and how many years it has been? Uh, so the timeline gets a little bit fuzzy in my mind now. It's a, it's been a long time. Uh, but so security brigade officially came around about two thousand six. So December two thousand six is I think when the the company was officially registered and uh, um, and started right. Um, and then for about. Um, so i i'll give you the i'll give you the back story right so basically before i was at vsit as well uh for about a year i was in the us uh uh basically because my family got a green card at that point of time and and uh, as part of that i essentially moved there for a uh, for a little bit and the idea was i was trying to basically generate income to pay for my living expenses right so i didn't want to pay for rent and stuff like that um so uh i was already into like programming and stuff before that so Uh, I started a, I mean, a, just a freelance sort of company online. Used that to start uh, doing software projects and things in the U.S. and selling software in the U.S. and used that to basically generate some income that I would use to pay for my rent and stuff, right? Um, as part of that, as that evolved, since I was already into security or hacking, essentially, um, I kind of realized that hey, there's potential here, and uh, uh, you know, there's there's more uh, opportunity in security than there will be in general technology. Uh, so, which is why then I started taking on freelance projects. <clears throat> and then as that scaled up essentially it became security brigade so i moved back to india at some point in that process um, and then started security brigade as an official company there and uh, and then started going from there and started snowball from there so yeah about 2006 is when we formalized it and realized that uh, this is something on a more long term okay so it's been a very long time and uh, we came across one of your saas products as well which is shadow map i believe that yeah. is another product which you guys have uh, could you tell us more about it and briefly in layman terms which even our audiences yeah. which are mostly college going students could understand sure so shadow maps is a really interesting space right so it essentially came out out of customer problems uh, so what happened is we used to i mean we work with a lot of startups right um, and as we were doing security for these startups or make my trips and all of those sort of days we realized that they all had a very common problem point right uh they were growing really quickly so they were whether it was acquiring companies whether it was you know spinning up new things onto the cloud sorry <coughs> um so they were they were sort of growing at a really fast pace right and the struggle is when you're growing at a really fast pace security has to keep up right and that sort of becomes a cat and mouse game where it or infra is constantly pushing new things out security is trying to slow them down to say hey let us look at it let us validate it before it goes out um and and that sort of becomes the the chase that's happening right so a couple of those customers came to us and said hey is there something you can do to help us uh sort of make sense of the chaos in terms of what's going on right so that's where shadow map came from uh we literally i mean the idea was never to make a company out of shadow map or never to make an independent product 
uh, we literally thought, hey, a customer has a problem, let's try to solve that problem. See if you can write some code, some scripts to help them, right? Uh, so nights and weekends, literally, we sat down. So me and uh, one of our other lead devs who's still with us, uh, we sat down and we started writing code. Essentially, to try the basic idea was how do we scan the whole of the internet and find everything that relates to any particular customer, right? How do we find everything that make my trip or somebody else has on the internet? Uh, so whether it's servers, whether it's cloud, whether it's SaaS, whether it's you know websites, whatever it might be, and bring it into a single view, right? Uh, so that from the security perspective, they can then say, okay, this is what we have today. These things we knew about, they're already protected. These other things the team must have put out in the last couple of days and we don't know about them yet. So let us, you know, sort of put controls and uh, secure it essentially. So the whole premise behind shadow map was visibility, right? Um, the basic idea is you can't protect what you don't know. And in a lot of the tech companies, uh, that's the biggest challenge, right? The rate of change is so high, especially with AWS and things coming in, right? That, uh, uh, you know, in the, uh, so the example I give a lot of people for shadow map is in the traditional sector, right? Back in the day, all companies had a data center, right? They had their own little data center in office uh, and the, the security guys would hold the keys to the data center, right? Uh, so anytime somebody wanted to put something, put a new server inside or a new website inside or anything of that sort, they would typically have to go to security and be like, hey, we need the keys, let us put something inside, right? With the cloud, that dynamic has changed. People put things live just directly by connecting to AWS or wherever it is, go, send, send it online. And then the security guys have to chase them and say, hey, what did you put online? Please tell us so we can secure it. So that, that role reversal is what Shadow Maps trying to address. Uh, my next question would be, uh, how is it to be a SaaS founder specifically in India? And uh, I'm assuming most of your clients come for Shadow Maps comes from Europe and US, right? Right. So SaaS in India is, um, is to a degree difficult, right? So. Uh, uh, for Indian companies, we don't really have that credit card purchase mentality. Uh, so I'll give you an example, right? So say, for example, uh, I mean, last week we onboarded a US-based customer. Uh, he found our website from, from something that he was looking at online, right? Found our website, came, filled out a demo request, got a demo, and then shot, shot an email back saying, hey, guys, I've put it in for approval by mid-December. I'll have approval and we'll get the process started, right? Um, so, I mean, that credit card culture essentially of, you know, uh, isn't there in India. So in India, it's a different approach, right? Where um, somebody will put in a, you know, they'll put in a POC request. They'll then talk to three different vendors, do an evaluation, then maybe do an RFP or a tender or something else, then go through a procurement process. And then your order comes in a year later, right? So that, um, I mean, that, that's definitely a challenge for SaaS. And especially for us, because we're enterprise SaaS, right? We're selling at a very high, high price points compared to a Dropbox or something of like that sort, right? Obviously, that was, which is not really a challenge. So in that space, it is difficult uh, because customers are used to more buying boxes than buying, buying a subscription. Um, but I think in the last year or so, it's become much easier. Uh, a lot of people have adopted AWS or Google Suite and all of those things. So they're getting more used to the, the idea of SaaS subscription services, I think, now. And that, that's make, made our um, sales process a lot easier now. So uh, another question which I had was, uh, so I, I'm assuming since most of your clients come from US and Europe, uh, are you guys permanently based out of uh, there, or is is it you know make in India and sell it abroad? How is it? So yeah, so um, for Security Brigade, our team is entirely based in India. For Shadow Map, uh, we've structured Shadow Map as more of a global startup, right? So we've we've got folks all over the world for it. Uh, and because uh, any, I mean, the, the difference is with the services company, you, people are your product, right? You're essentially selling time uh, when it comes to security brigade, right? Uh, I have X amount of people available. I have Y amount of time available and I have to sell, I have to sell those services in that time, right? Uh, for, for Shadow Map, it's, it's a much smaller company because we just need people to build a product, right? Then, I mean, then we can sell X, I mean, any number of licenses on top of that. Um, so Shadow Map, we focus as more of a global entity. Uh, because our customer, so our customer base so far is largely in Europe, right? So uh, even though in India we have a fair amount of customers, uh, Europe is still about 80% of our overall revenue that comes in for Shadow Map right now. So uh, because of that, uh, we've focused in that region a lot. Um, we're actually setting Shadow Map up as an independent company in London in the next uh, six months or so. So I think it was, it was supposed to happen in August, but because of COVID, things got delayed. Uh, and once that happens, I will be moving out to London as well for some time. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be hiring more locally as well across Europe as well. Uh, so that, that's sort of the plan for Shadow Map. But the security brigade will obviously continue in India as is, uh, with hopefully sales coming from all over the world. We do right now. So that, that's currently where we're at. And the US market is something 
Uh, we've entered in the last uh, couple of months now. So we've just started in the US. Um, and that's going pretty well as well. So we'll see how that pans out. But typically speaking, uh, our, our, so the idea, since we started, right, uh, since literally 2007 or 2008, our idea was always let's focus on technology, right? Let's not focus on sales and let's not focus on all of those areas, right? Uh, because it's not something I'm good at, is, was the idea, right? Uh, I, I, I mean, give me code, I'm really happy. Give me quotations, I'm really pissed off, right? So that's the, that's the basic premise. So uh, what we've always done is for sales, we always have partners. So around the world, we've tied up with different companies. So, I mean, say, for example, NetMagic in India or Tata Communications, or all of those guys, right? We tie up with them and we basically say, hey, let's work together. You already have customers. You can sell our services and products through those channels and, and we'll deliver all the technical work, right? So we'll do what we're good at, you do what you're good at, and the customer hopefully gets the best experience as a result of that. So that's been a key to us uh, uh, being able to expand all over the world without really needing offices or teams across the world as well. Got it. But despite having affiliates as your partner, you still might have a sales team, right? Which is based out of India and which actively chase all the leads which you receive. Yes. So, uh, I mean, for the last three or four years at least, so we've had a sales team uh, for at least seven or eight years now. I think we've had an in-house sales team that's been growing. But uh, uh, in the last four or so years, we've really focused on incoming business. So we focused a lot on SEO, on websites, uh, on digital marketing, on ad campaigns, things of that nature, right? Um, and today, a significant amount of our business comes from those channels, uh, which has been great for us. Uh, I mean, uh, so, so because of that, we have a, I mean, the sales team is growing pretty quickly in-house as well. Uh, because even though we focus on doing business through partners and things, uh, either through word of mouth, either through our digital marketing campaigns and things, business starts coming in through our website and leads. And then that's where the sales team takes up and takes to completion. So even there, we try to give business to partners sometimes. Uh, so what happens is a to and fro thing, right? Uh, somebody like a NetMagic who's, who's selling data center and, you know, 20 other services might be able to make a lot more money out of the customer uh, than us who are just selling security, right? So sometimes we'll, we'll refer customers back to our partners as well. Uh, so we're, we're, we're really trying to enable our partners to make more money uh, because that motivates them to sell for us more as well at the same time. Got it. And uh, how huge is your team? And are you the lone founder at Security Brigade? Um, so, uh, we are close to about, I mean, security brigade is close to about 70, 80 people now. Um, so we've, uh, yeah. So, I mean, all of them were in Mumbai before this. Now they've sort of gone all over the place because we've moved to a complete work from home model. Uh, so we went to work from home in March around July. We took a decision to go complete work from home. Um, and, uh, and so everybody's moved out and everyone's pretty happy with that. Um, I am, I mean, so from a founding perspective, I am the lone founder. Uh, we have, uh, so Chintan, who was also with me in Vidyalankar, and uh, another uh, uh, lead developer who's been with us for about seven, eight years, at least seven, eight years now. Uh, so both of them have, them have uh, equity in the company as well. Um, sweat equity, essentially, because they've, they've essentially been as good as founders in, for the journey, right? Uh, they've been with us, Chintan's been with us for at least 10 years, I think, now. I can't remember the exact timeline. Uh, and Amar has been with us for at least seven, eight, nine years now. Uh, and they've essentially helped grow the business and run the run the day-to-day -day of a lot of things as well. So, uh, so I essentially look at them as co-founders, more or less. Okay, got it. And uh, you know, could you tell us? Uh, you know, I'm a, I know for a fact that Chintan has been with you right from the start. Could you tell us more about you know how difficult was it to convince him uh, to give up a cushy you know job and join a early stage company back then in 2006 when you know startups were not even as uh, uh, you know as good a career option as those are now so it's a, it's a funny story right so um, i mean again i don't know if you know this but i essentially still don't have a degree right from vsit uh, i still have a kt pending in sql i think I, if i remember right i'm not 100% sure uh, so chintan also has a couple of a uh, couple of kts and, uh, and doesn't have a degree right so um, so at, at this point of time uh, uh, right after college, right? Uh, so, I mean, Chintan is one of my best friends, right? So uh, we were obviously all a group of friends together. And since he didn't have a degree, in my case, I already had the business going and it didn't really matter for me as much. I actually missed my SQL exam, I think, because I had a, a really important customer pitch in Pune, if I remember right, and therefore I could not attend that last exam. Uh, but uh, uh, but Chintan, in Chintan's case, he essentially uh, 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 had a couple of KTs left, right? So the idea was, uh, so I said, look, you know, it's never a, it's never a good idea to work with friends, right? Um, so what I told him was, hey, why don't you come on board? You can you can essentially learn security with me. 
uh, you know, learn how it all works or whatever, get qualified, and then go apply for a job somewhere else and start working with somebody, right? It become a good career prospect for you was the idea. Uh, so that's essentially what we did. So he came on board, and this is when we were working out of my house, I think, uh, right before we had an, we had got our first office. Um, uh, so around 2008, I think. And so he started coming to my house every day, him and a couple of other people, we were all working out of my, out of my room at that point. And um, he started learning and learned a whole bunch of stuff on security. And then uh, fortunately or unfortunately, just never, never did the part where he had to leave and go find a job somewhere else. So, uh, <laughs> and it's worked out well for us. So uh, a lot of people are very surprised that we're, we're friends and, and we're really good friends, right? So we meet pretty much, I mean, uh, I mean, at least pre-COVID, at least two or three times a week, we used to meet just casual, uh, socially and stuff. So we're still pretty close friends and people are always surprised that we work together. Uh, but I think uh, somehow it's worked for us, right? It's strange. I definitely wouldn't recommend anybody work with their friends because it's probably a recipe of a disaster. Uh, but in this particular case, it somehow worked very well for us. And I think that trust is also a key part, right? So I think, uh, uh, so again, just, just to add more context, right? So Chintan's role now is basically to run the entire India business, right? So he runs all the security brigades. India operations are entirely up to him, right? He looks after the tech part. He looks after the sales operations. He looks after pretty much all aspects of it. Uh, while I'm focusing more on shadow map and the global growth that we're, we're, we're targeting now, right? Uh, and so I think a part of that is also that there's a, there's a complete blind trust there, right? Uh, I mean, up until yesterday, uh, Chintan had my digital signature for the last six months and he, he would be able to sign documents for me, right? So that blind trust, I think, is something that was has been critical for us where uh, uh, whether it's tough decisions, tough times, and to have somebody you completely trust to be able to talk to and you know, bounce ideas off of or being able to assign so much responsibility to somebody, uh, it's made that process a lot easier, which has been great for us at least. Got it. Quite interesting to know that you still have a KT left. So uh, any plans to clear it anytime soon or would it be the same going ahead as well? No, so I think um, that, that window of opportunity went away. So there was only a limited number of years where I think you can clear it. Uh, and I was supposed to go clear that last exam and then that's when the meeting came up and I had to make a choice. And unfortunately, I, I, and I figured uh, all, uh, lots of the great founders in the world don't have degrees. So I figured this is my opportunity. Maybe commit to it, don't get the degree and see what happens. <laughs> so, so that's what we've gone for now. Yeah. Okay, and uh, did the client convert? Uh, the one uh, for whom you missed yes, out the last yes, exam? They did. So they converted and they were, uh, at least at that point of time, one of our largest clients. So it was definitely a really uh, good opportunity for us. Got it. So, you know, coming back to uh, your clientele list, could you tell us more about, you know, uh, how does the list looks like? Do you deal moreover with public companies or do you also have startups in your portfolio with whom you engage on a regular basis or growing um, so, companies for that matter? Yeah. So we work across the board, right? So I don't think we have any one particular type of companies. Uh, so our customers will include, you know, everybody from your Mahindra and Mahindra group to a Swiggy or a Make My Trip, uh, Farnese and all those guys as well, right? So... Uh, so we range pretty well um, uh, from large enterprises to government organizations from MADA, government e-marketplace, GEM, uh, future retail. Um, so it's, uh, it's, honestly, it's not any one sector or one particular type of client. Uh, over the years, we work with pretty much also, we work with startups, we work with tech guys, we work with manufacturing guys, work with IT guys, we work with the BFSI guys. So it's, it's pretty much across the board. And in today's context, almost everybody's looking into security, right? Um, so it's not really, it's not really limited to a particular space anymore. Uh, when I started in 2006, right, I remember my, my absolute first client was NASCOM. Uh, my second client was Vodafone. Uh, those are the two first clients that we had, right? And, uh, and I remember that point of time only, that was your only set of clients, right? You could only go sell to the banks or you could only go sell to the telcos or, you know, those sort of companies. Today, I mean, we have, comp we have law firms that are clients. We have hospitals that are clients. We have, um, uh, uh, medical companies that are clients. I mean, manufacturing guys. Yesterday we signed on a client that manufactures rope. Right? Um, I mean, today everybody has SAP. Everybody has uh, you know manufacturing operations that use computers. Uh, so that sort of uh, really diversified the clients kind of clients we work with now. I'm surprised at times to be honest, right? So sometimes I'll see an email shoot by and a client will come on board who somebody I you know I really wouldn't expect to be a security client and I'll sort of be surprised, but. Uh, uh, that's the direction the industry is moving, which is great. I, uh, I mean, it's a great thing for everyone, I guess. Uh, yeah. Got it. So, we'll uh, deep dive more into your business. But Zainab had some, uh, you know, questions related to your college days as well. So, Zainab, could you uh, take over it? 
Shocker. So, Yash, I wanted to know about your college life. Could you please tell us more about your college life, your dreams back then? Um, so, my college life, uh, so when I was in college, the company already existed, right? Uh, so, that was, uh, that was the, the interesting part in terms of trying to balance the two. Um, what was, so if you ask my friends about my college life, right? For the first one and a half, two years I was there, the last year I wasn't there at all. Uh, so uh, the, the nice part was uh, uh, Ajit sir, the principal at the time, right? So uh, I remember around my first year or uh, at the end, towards the end of the first year, there was an article that came out in Hindustan Times, um, which is when the college sort of realized that I was running a business and things, right? They didn't know at the time. Uh, so then Ajit sir called me into his cabin at one point and said, hey, Yash, you know, look, we really like what you're doing. It's really interesting. And we really want to support you in every way possible. Um, so if you, if you don't want to show up sometimes, if you want to skip lecture sometimes, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly was a huge relief because, um, uh, I mean, it, it, it's incredibly hard, right? Because when you're starting a business, it's essentially a 20 hour a day job and, and to go to college every day for eight hours or whatever of that, uh, would be really difficult. Right. So that was a huge relief. I think college allowing me to work more and sort of focus on the business. I think they had even offered me, a. uh, uh, offered me if I wanted office space in the office itself at that point of time, uh, which was a, I mean, which was something that I think no other college was doing at the time, right? Which is really unique of them to do. Um, so, so that I mean, they were incredibly supportive in that sense, which really helped out. Uh, and uh, but as my results will tell you, right? I wasn't a great student at all. Uh, I mean, I I scraped through pretty much every uh, everywhere that I did not get a KT. I pretty much scraped through. I did have a lot of KTs. Um, so, I mean, I was always more of a, a tech guy, more of a hands-on guy and pretty much never a practical guy, right? I mean, never a theory guy. So, uh, even today I have a horrible memory. I would absolutely suck at any exam I did, uh, <laughs> uh, versus actually being able to, you know, tinker with something. So, uh, but yeah, college, I mean, college life for me was absolutely, I mean, that one and a half year was absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, um, I mean, I met some of my absolute best friends there so that I, that I'm still extremely close to today. Uh, so, so that was definitely a huge advantage. The, uh, the football team that we had back then was absolutely incredible. Um, so that, that, that stuff was phenomenal for us, right? Even a lot of the senior batches that we had and stuff were really amazing. We're still in touch with a lot of them today. So that, that was pretty much a, that was a, that was a really cool experience. So back then you were working with the uh, deadbolt companies, right? The computer technologies. So deadbolt was the, uh, the U S based freelance company that I had that used to do software development. Uh, so that, so that was, uh, so Deadbolt, I think finished right before security we get started. I, I believe is the timeline. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I think, yeah. 2006 is when the, when I think I started college and 2006 is when the company started as well. If I remember right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, 2003, four, five. Uh, yeah. So I think six or seven is when, uh, when I started with Vidya Lankar, if I remember right. Because um, 2003, I got done with school. 2004, five, I was in the Thibai. 2006, I was in the US, and then I came back. Uh, okay, okay. So, did you always had a plan to start, like, to have your own startup in your uh, or your own venture from your college days itself? Um, so I'll put it this way, right? There wasn't much of a plan. <laughs> uh, so it honestly happened, right? So with with uh, with Deadbolt Technologies, which was a software company. Um, it was more about paying the bills, right? Uh, so I was, I was literally just, I mean, um, I didn't want to be a burden on my family. So I didn't really want them sending money to, to pay for stuff. So the, the idea was just basically to pay rent, pay for food and survive. Right. Um, so that was, that was the intent. Um, and then I remember distinctly, right? So we had a, uh, at Deadbolt Technologies, uh, we had a German client that we got on board. So I used to do a lot of security research work. Um, and I used to publish online, write articles, write, uh, advisories and things. So one of those advisories got read by somebody who I'm still in touch with today. Uh, and he is now the, um, uh, um, uh, he's still part of the same company, but uh, he's part of a, a really large uh, retail company in Germany, right? Uh, so he, he was one of my first clients before Security Brigade actually started officially. Uh, but he, at that point in time, I remember distinctly, he emailed me saying, hey, uh, how, much do you, uh, how much time do you think it will take to secure our website, right? And I shot back saying, I think it'll take two days or three days or whatever it was. And he agreed to pay about $1,200 a day, right? Which at that time was about 60,000 rupees a day. Um, and I was absolutely blown away, right? Uh, I was just like, whoa, what's going on? Um, so it was more, um, 
it was more sort of a snowball effect where that came in and that 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 money came into the bank and my parents saw that and were like okay there there might be something here right uh he's not just doing time pass online right there there's, there is something real here uh so then security brigade came around and my brother who my older brother right who's about 5 years older than me he played a big role so um my parents actually were so um my hsc grades were horrible right uh absolutely not good so my my parents were pushing hard trying to you know find some influence or something or other nonsense to put me into an engineering degree right um because they were really keen that he needs to go into engineering or whatever it might be uh and my brother comes around and he's like okay guys uh, he's clearly bad at studying he's clearly bad at at education right uh if you absolutely want to get him a college degree let him go and take something that he naturally gets right don't don't push him into something that he he won't he is not able to do and let him focus on his work to some degree right because clearly that's that's going to be the future for him uh that's the opportunity for him right um so so that's that's how it ha- i mean it was when my brother and my family came together and said okay you know we understand what you're trying to do and we're willing to give it a shot is what sort of um created that opportunity for me to try and and grow into my own business right but it was never a plan to be honest um i i i i remember talking to a friend about this a few years ago right so when we started out my whole thought process was look what does an average engineer make in terms of a salary right so say for example 2 or 3 lakh rupees at the time was the average salary that tcs or infosys or somebody gave you right which unfortunately is about the same now um so i basically thought to myself if i could somehow make that much amount of money i am doing okay right uh best best case scenario the company doesn't work and i have still made as much money as i would otherwise uh i mean worst case scenario and then best case scenario i can actually make more money and and build something for myself right so so that was always my target as long as i would hit the 2 or 3 lakh rupee goal i was like i am fine like i i i'll be okay this is not a this is not a bad gamble for me so uh so that's that's something that uh, was really helpful and also um starting security brigade right it cost nothing uh it was basically the, the cost of a laptop the cost of an internet connection and the cost of just a phone line right uh so there wasn't a inherent cost investment needed which made things a lot easier to uh to go into it uh so would you like like tell us about more about the uh, experience about the computer the deadbolt computer technology how was the experience over there how how did the workflow motivated you throughout those four years or how much ever work period you were there uh so dbtech was uh it was interesting right so it was a lot so it was just me uh, there was nobody else um, it was a lot of uh, i call it jugar right uh, i used to write <laughs> software that uh, helped marketers automate stuff for myspace that used to be around at the time so all of these things right so i literally at dbtech i had no direction right i would do anything technology for work it didn't really matter whatever you want me to write in terms of software i'll build it i'll deliver it uh, but what was interesting was at dbtech is where i started my first saas business right uh, i mean back then is what what was saas at the time uh, so what what had happened is i i had built these series of softwares that uh, uh, that people would like for for marketing campaigns and they would use them for marketing and things like that right um, so i built a small website an e-commerce website using os commerce at that time which used to be an open source tool uh, put like a credit card processing thing via paypal and all of that stuff right and put it online and then it, it would be really funny right so i would wake up in the morning and i have an email saying hey two people bought the software you got 100 dollars in your account and then and that kept happening right and that was really fascinating to me because at that point i would i would just be in college i would just be you know going out for a walk or something and then i get an email ping and suddenly somebody transferred money, uh, somebody sent money out right uh, so that was an absolute like that was to me it was a phenomenal experience at that point of time uh, uh, yeah so so that was that was really interesting but db tech i think um, i learned a lot in terms of uh, marketing in terms of seo because uh, since it was all an online business i had to keep finding ways to generate money uh so i had to push a lot on that front and uh, and yeah so that was really interesting as a learning opportunity uh so was security brigade like uh, while you were working with the db tech was security brigade behind your back matlab behind your mind back at the mind um no not not really so db tech happened as, i mean since i used to do freelance technology i realized i started getting security projects so then i sort of uh when i came back to india dbtech ceased to exist right um, uh and then i then i started freelancing and that became security brigade so security brigade honestly at no point of time was a plan right uh it was just it was spontaneous yeah i mean uh, customer freelance customers started coming to us for work and at some point the work got enough and one of my clients messaged me saying hey why don't you start a company like you know it's it's probably easier for us to give you work than as an individual 
so then I spent the next month brainstorming on memes, came up with Security Brigade, uh, made a small website or whatever, and then went live with that. So that's pretty much how it happened. Um, and it just, it more or less snowballed, I think, was, which was, and also I think um, the other key aspect was because I was still in college at the time, right? Um, there wasn't really pressure on me. It wasn't like I had to support a family. It wasn't like I had to, you know, I had to make a certain amount of money or something of that sort, right? Uh, it was literally, it was, uh, I mean, it was as good as just, I mean, a hobby, right? I was just running it on the side. And then it, it grew from there and it started growing much faster than I anticipated. We started hiring people and it sort of went from there. So it was, uh, I'll call it a happy accident if, if at anything, but definitely no plans there. <laughs> Same with Shadow Map as well, right? So again, with Shadow Map as well, it was a happy accident. We didn't, we never considered it to be a company. Uh, we just built something we thought customers would like and uh, at some point realized that, hey, people are going to pay money for this and, and it went from there. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah, uh, in 2020, it, uh, Security Brigade and Shadow Facts, Shadow Mac uh, looks like a more sorted business. But how were those early days? Could you, you know, share us a couple of uh, your early learnings in terms of, you know, how did you go about hiring? How did you go about operations? You know, people management and everything related to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, uh, I'll often tell people, right, security brigade, every mistake that can be made, I have made it uh, 100%, right? So, um, um, a lot of what we've done has been experimental, right? We, we tried a lot of things. We tried to reinvent the wheel on a lot of things. Uh, but it's been good for us because we've learned a lot of lessons, right? So, um, ugly days is in, uh, fortunately for us, financially, we've never had ugly days. Uh, we've never had a point where, you know, we were low on cash flow and were struggling and, and that sort of thing, right? Uh, we've always, uh, uh, we've always had a good flow of customers and a good volume of work and we've done pretty okay that way. Um, the struggles that we have had, uh, at, in our early days, we struggled with retaining people to some degree, uh, because uh, uh, security is a competitive space, right? There's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of demand, a lot of a uh, lot of market demand that exists, and it's hard to hire the right people. It's hard to um, uh, uh, give them enough freedom, right? So one of the things I personally struggled with was micromanaging managing things, right? Uh, so again, because security brigade or something I built, um, uh, it was hard to let go and give responsibility away to people, right? Uh, so that was definitely one lesson I've learned the hard way. Uh, where I tried to do too much and I tried to control too much and that people would get frustrated with their jobs. Uh, and that would obviously slow down our ability to move. And then at some point of time, I basically told my team, hey guys, this isn't working. We need to um, think about a better way of doing this. And then the idea was, let's just shut our eyes, hit the accelerator and see where we end up, right? Um, so we stopped worrying about smaller things, give people a lot of freedom and said, hey, do whatever you want that's, that you think is best for your role or your company. Uh, and let's, let's run with those things, right? And um, that's where C, uh, Chintan came in as well, Amar came in as well, where they really took ownership of their departments, their teams, um, and started accelerating, uh, which is where we were able to get a lot more growth, a lot faster growth, and that actually worked for us. Uh, but yeah, in the early days, we did we struggled a lot with uh, with people management issues. Uh, as in, I, I joke with a lot of people when I say that, hey, uh, ShadowMap is a SaaS company, so it solves a lot of my problems around people management and HR-related stuff and all of that stuff that I absolutely hate dealing with, right? Um, so, uh, so shadow map solves a lot of those problems for me because it's SaaS and, uh, and I need a much smaller team to deliver a much higher revenue. Uh, but yeah, so that part, I mean, I think still today I struggle with that portion, but that's again, one place where, um, Chintan has played a huge role, right? So, uh, for as much as I struggle to manage people, he ex excels at it. Uh, so, uh, he, so, I mean, and that's always been something that we've done, right? He, um, he has a lot of skill sets that are, uh, uh, that compensate for a lot of uh, areas where I, for a lot of my shortfalls. Uh, and that's worked really well for us, right? So when it comes to technology, when it comes to innovating, when it comes to, you know, building things, uh, R&D in terms of security, that's where I really excel. Uh, when it comes to managing teams, when it comes to consistency, delivering quality, things of that nature is where he really excels. Uh, so we've sort of found our balance in that way, right? Uh, uh, where hiring the right people has helped us solve those problems. But yeah, we struggled a lot with that. That's been a consistent challenge for us across the years. Okay, and uh, now has the situation improved in terms of retaining uh, folks which you have out there? So, uh, 
I think overall the situation has definitely improved. I think people are a lot happier in our uh, working with us, and you know, obviously. Uh, uh, so yesterday, for example, we hired somebody uh, who was recommended his at his ex job. His manager was one of the employees that we used to have in two thousand nine or ten. Uh, so he worked for us and went for a big four. At a big four, he used to manage this guy. And when this guy wanted to change his job, he told him, "Hey, listen, go work for security brigade. It's one of the best experiences you'll have, right?" So I think that's something that we um, uh, we get a lot of, and that's really satisfying because uh, nothing speaks better of what you what you do as a company or how you treat your people as a company than an ex-employee, uh, you know, uh, recommending a friend or a colleague to go work for you, right? So I think that's uh, that's absolutely phenomenal for us, uh, and I think it's definitely improved in that sense. Obviously, there are still challenges. Um, but I think since we've grown in terms of size, it's become easier as well, right? Uh, when you're a small company, it uh, there are challenges where you know uh, work hours might not be the best. People have to you know uh, when we when we were a 50, I mean I remember when we used to be a um, 10, 12 person company. This was about four offices ago, um, and what would happen is someday a client would come in with a large amount of work, and suddenly everybody would have to work you know 20 hour days to deliver the projects, right? Um, 150 square feet little, little matchbox office that we had, um, and I remember we used to work from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. every single day, right? Uh, and compared to now, where we try to have a very strict 10 to 6 or 10 to 7 sort of workday, uh, we push for a really we push really hard for a work-life balance and things. So uh, I think scale allows you to uh, to take a little bit of a backseat and make things easier for employees. Which has, I think, uh, been really beneficial for us. Got it. And uh, you know, how has COVID impacted your industry? And could you tell us about you know how COVID went for security brigade as a whole in terms of you know did the workload uh, you know did the workload increase? Did uh, you know work-life balance went for a toss? Or you know how did you guys manage it? Yeah. So in terms of uh, adapting to COVID, it was not really a challenge for us because. Uh, we were so as a, we've always built a very uh, uh uh scalable infra in terms of what we do right so we have uh, complete internal virtual clouds uh, everybody has vpn so we have all these things available that were uh, it was really easy for people to just go home and you know get to work and not really have a challenge so that was so we literally we went to work from home about two weeks before the lockdown started in bombay right um, so that was that was really useful for us where uh, we, were, we were able to do that uh so that was not really it wasn't really difficult um uh we had to adapt some of the ways in which we work the way we communicate and things and that took a little bit of time and we got that done um the industry as a whole i think benefited from covid to be honest um so even though for a month or two there was a little bit of a drop in sales right because customers were uh were in an uncertain situation and weren't really spending money uh, after that we had a spike in sales right i think this month uh, uh, our sales are about 300% whatever average sales that we have right so uh because yeah. as people move to work from home uh, as people have moved to more remote work more remote access uh, people are spending more to secure that stuff right so that's been a huge opportunity for us and we've uh, we've been able to capitalize on a lot of it um but uh, there have definitely been challenges right so we had a lot of covid cases internally in the company we had a uh, we've had at least about a dozen cases or so between our employees uh, so we had to really scramble to make sure that they get support and you know whatever they need essentially to help them through that uh so those sort of things were definitely challenging but otherwise i think covid has not really been a huge uh uh you uh, challenge for us so far um but yeah we'll have to see how it goes going forward so as we uh continue remote work we'll have to see how that impacts us and how that goes uh and how well people are, are surviving because i i mean, um, what's also happening what what's pretty funny right uh, is a lot of our employees were not from mumbai right so i think about 6 70 80% of our teams were not from mumbai uh they were from delhi or bangalore or himachal and all these places across india and they had all moved to bombay and lived here for security brigade right um and once we went to work from home all of them gave their houses up and all of them went back home uh but all of these guys were used to freedom right because they were all living alone no parents no families no nothing and now all those guys are again living in their hometowns with their families so they were all you know every week we have a we have a stand up meeting and they're all like yaar yash sir kuch bhi karo wapas bula do sir pak gaye hum log ghar pe baithe baithe uh so so we'll have to see how work from home goes from that perspective how long these guys survive but uh we're currently they have floated an internal plan to buy a villa in goa and have people just go and live there whenever they want to so we're we're exploring that option but yeah so a lot of them are uh, uh, exhausted with that so we'll have to see how that goes but other than that it's fine that's awesome and 
so what are your personal views on remote working i mean uh, is it something which you feel has affected your productivity or is it something which was already in culture of security brigade since uh, you know since there were a lot of clients which you already had in europe and us which you were catering yeah. out to lo- being located in india so uh, we have never had remote work before right uh, um, so even though our clients were remote everybody used to always sit every single day out of our office work out of our office right uh and uh, in 2019 in the, about october september october 2019 i remember i had a call with all my team leads and i said hey guys i really want to explore the option of moving to work from home right uh, because i think it will make us much more competitive our people will be much more happier because they're not spending you know expensive rent in mumbai and all of these things um, so i recommended that and my all my team leads came back and said yeah no chance there's no way we can work from home it's impossible it will hamper our quality quality of work it'll hamper our productivity everything will go downhill right um covid came along um and we were forced to go work from home and none of the none of the predicted uh, craziness happened right our productivity went up about almost 50 to 60% so uh, we track numbers so we have metrics on everything right that's how we maintain quality and consistency as a company uh, and we track the numbers and second work from home started our numbers went up 50 to 60% every single month so people were being significantly more productive uh, we had pretty much no communication challenges everybody was doing great work quality really improved right the only challenge we had was people working too much uh, honestly because uh, people would you know uh, I, i mean a lot of the guys who work for us are kids right they're really young uh, they're new in the industry and you know they come with a lot of enthusiasm uh, where they want to they want to work 20 hours a day and you know that sort of life right and it's it's kind of funny with security brigade right it's the other way around our employees are always pushing to work longer hours and we are always pushing back saying hey guys you all need to slow down because we know how burning out works right we know that if you do 20 hour days you can only do it for 6 months you can only do it for a year you're going to you're going to burn out and you have to have interest outside of work right so uh pretty much uh, at least once a month we have a town hall or whatever where we keep reiterating to our people that hey guys i mean for us since the start we've always tried to have a culture that if you're working extremely long hours you're probably doing something wrong right uh, because nobody needs to work 16 hours a day or 20 hours a day to get their work done right at that point you're either doing the work of two people or you're doing something wrong you're being inefficient is how i put it right uh, so you have to find ways to make sure you work a, a a decently balanced work life culture right i mean i completely i mean every once in a while i understand if you have to work long hours if there's a lot of pressure or you know there's there's some deadline or something but if you're working long every single day then you're doing something wrong is how i put it right uh, uh, it's not a healthy he- healthy environment at that point right so we are really keen so we have a slack channel where uh, uh, every every day when people come in to work they put a message saying hey i'm in this is what i'm going to get done today and when they finish they put a message saying hey i'm done for the day this is what i finished today right um, and anybody that works long hours will get a message from me or chintan or the appropriate team lead saying hey what's going on why are you working long hours right like you need to you need to cut this out you need to come back to a decent uh, you know sort of work life balance but i think now um, after 6 months of forcing people to take breaks and take leaves uh, we've literally had to force so, uh, i mean one of one of our senior guys right uh, he is he he i would say is the biggest culprit of this uh, trying to work extra hours and not taking sundays off and things right um, uh, so literally it was his birthday 2 days ago and at security brigade everyone's birthday is a holiday right your birthday is a given holiday for your paid paid holiday um, so we forced him he took that holiday we forced him to take more he's now gone to alibagh for a, for a weekend trip right so we literally forced him because we're like you're going to lose your mind if you work like this you have to take some time off and um, it's something we keep pushing to our teams as well we're, we're really conscious about it uh, yeah but other than that honestly work from home has been phenomenal for us can't complain okay sure and uh, you know that brings to me that brings to me that brings to my next question which is you always have been bootstrap right you never felt any need to raise any external funds at any given point of time yeah so yeah we have never raised money uh, cuz for security brigade we never really needed to raise money because uh, we were uh, very profitable from the first year right um, so we essentially got projects and initially we had no employees right in 2006 it was pretty much just me working uh, so we would get projects i would deliver those projects once we had enough money we started hiring people and it went from there right uh, so we were always self funded by our people for shadow map so far we have raised no money and shadow map is also very profitable on its own uh, 
but uh, after we move to London in Shadow Map, we might look at exploring raising money there um, for Shadow Map alone to sort of help accelerate the growth and and to sort of create more of a rocket ship uh, uh, setting there. So we might do that with Shadow Map after we move to London and set up the new business and things. Because it's a SaaS product, it makes more sense to raise money there uh, versus a services company. Okay, got it. Could you yeah. tell us more about uh, about your competitors and competitive landscape which you have for Shadow Map in US and UK or entire Europe for that matter? Shadow Map, there's only a handful of competitors globally, right? So I think globally, I would say there are three or four, three, three or four companies that are competitors to us. Uh, so there's one company out of Bangalore, there's one out of London, uh, one out of the US. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it in terms of competition for us right now. Uh, so it's a very new space. Uh, um, so there aren't really too any established players. Uh, so it's uh, and it's a tremendously growing space right now. So it's a uh, um, it's interesting that way. And um, I think I, most of the competitors we know we're really friendly with. We all sort of you know have conversations and we um, we're all because um, the way we look at it is right now we don't need to fight for market capture, right? Because there's so much business available in that space that we're all growing happily and we, we all have to work together to sort of grow the industry and create uh, industry awareness where people need to know that this is a challenge and you know they need to address it. Uh, whether they go with one of the competitors or else doesn't matter, right? Because there's enough business to go around for everybody on that front. Yeah. On Security Brigade, it's a different story though. So I think in India alone, there are probably a hundred companies that we compete with. Uh, so it used to be a lot easier back in the day. Now it's a, it's a lot harder because you know, um, in India, we always have a price mentality, right? Nobody cares about quality of work. Whatever is cheapest, please give it to me. Uh, so that's that's a huge challenge in, in security because uh, um, a lot of times people want L1 vendors. They want the cheapest vendors and uh, it's really hard to deliver quality work if you're going to sort of reduce your prices. So that's that's a challenge which we deal with every day. But at the same time, uh, um, we've always felt that there are enough customers available who want real quality work that we can work with as opposed to you know trying to capture every customer uh, in the market. Got it. And, uh, you know, what has been the best experience of yours? Uh, or, you know, I would rather frame it in a way that, you know, which client did you most enjoy working with? You know, we heard about Paytm Mall data security bridge sometime back and previously with Zomato. That is something which has happened with Zomato as well. You know, could you tell us about that one case which you really feel proud about and uh, something which you might have prevented from happening? Um, so in security, that's the that's the bad part, right? Nobody tells you when you prevent something. Uh, so what happens is uh, you can help secure a customer and a hack won't happen and there's no way to know it didn't happen. Uh, but you mess up one time and the customer gets hacked and it's it's your neck on the line, right? So uh, so that's always a challenge with security. But I think um, for me, I would, uh, that I mean, we've worked with a lot of really good customers, right? So Swiggy, for example, is, is a customer I really enjoy working with. Uh, because they always push the envelope, right? They're always cutting edge in terms of technology. They're always looking to move fast. And as a result, they force us to constantly adapt and learn and grow and uh, deliver better, right? But one of the customers I think that's been most influential for us, I would say is Make My Trip, right? Uh, so Make My Trip became our one of our first largest clients in 2008 or 2009 uh, is when they came on board for us. And they were a customer for us for so many years after, right? They've, they've been on for, I mean, almost this whole period. Uh, and we, and what, what happens is with that sort of customer, right? A, we call them a design partner, right? Uh, they're no longer a customer. They're actually helping us grow and evolve and uh, better ourselves as a company, right? So um, they were that kind of customer. So obviously financially, they were massively rewarding to us and allowed us a lot of freedom and growth and uh, things of that nature. But also with the kind of work they gave us, the kind of freedom they gave us, the kind of opportunity they gave us to really ingrain ourselves into their company. Um, it had been phenomenal for us, right? So I, I can say without a, without a doubt in my mind that um, without customers like Make My Trip at that point of time in our early days, uh, Security Brigade wouldn't have been what it is today, right? Uh, um, the kind of lessons we learned, the kind of things we learned, the kind of work we got to do has has sort of framed the, um, the sort of culture we have today, right? And that's been phenomenal. And Make My Trip is really great from that perspective, but also because they were the kind of customer who would always call us out on our bullshit, right? Um, Anytime, anytime you happen to do bad work or, you know, some consultant does a bad job, you would be sure that Make My Trip would send an email out the next day saying, hey, this was messed up, right? Um, so it was a kind of customer that keeps you on your toes, right? And that sort of customer that keeps you on your toes 
forces you to build processes and systems that can be as close to foolproof as possible, right? So, so that genuinely, I would say, uh, was one of those clients that really pushed us to uh, be what we are today um, in all aspects, right? Uh, so that was definitely one customer, I would say. But yeah, so there's, um, uh, in terms of any particular uh, incident, um, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm just, uh, um, I wouldn't say any particular incident per se, because I mean, honestly, uh, we go ahead and we try to secure that customer as best as we can, right? There is no real way to know uh, what attacks happen or what happens after that is something we don't really come to know. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've had a lot of opportunities to do really good work and that's that's been really exciting. So uh, like, I mean, and also it's sometimes uh, the kind of work we're doing, right? So. Uh, we get to work with government customers that are, you know, running nuclear power plants and things of that nature. Or we get to work with banks on their absolute core banking systems, SWIFT systems and things. And that sort of work is really interesting because you look at it from a national security standpoint, right? Um, uh, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that we really take pride in doing as well. And it's, all, it's also really exciting when the team takes it up. Got it. Those were really insightful. That, uh, you know, in the interest of time, we will quickly hop on to rapid fire round. And, uh, you know, the first question which I have is if you could, you know, if you have been given a chance to pick a brain of one person for 24 hours, uh, who, who would it be? I mean, you can, you can ask him anything for that matter. So I would always say Steve Wozniak, um, the other Apple co-founder. Um, I mean, yeah, I find him to be an absolutely fascinating technology mind. Uh, if you follow him at all and you read his books. So he is definitely somebody I would I would pick his mind for, for sure. Quickly, which are uh, books you might suggest all the students out there, you know, or budding entrepreneurs out there? Uh, or even one book books. by that matter. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so this is a book I read very early on, right? Um, it's called Differentiate or Die. Uh, I can't remember who it's by, to be honest. It, it's been a while since I've read it, but it's a, it's a book I've read three or four times. Um, it's basically about how do you how do you market yourself, how do you position yourself, how do you differentiate yourself, right? And I think not just as an entrepreneur, but every individual, right? This is something I keep telling my teams as well. When you do something good, right? Make sure to talk about it. Make sure to tell people about it, right? Um, if you do good work and sh and don't talk about it, it does no good to you, right? Your manager doesn't know about it. Your boss doesn't know about it. I don't know about it. So you have to constantly keep marketing yourself. And differentiate or die is basically about that, right? How do you create a USP? How do you, uh, how do you really position yourself in a way where you're better than everybody else, right? And that's absolutely whether it's a resume, whether it's a job you're applying for, whether it's uh, the work you're doing inside the company, or whether it's a startup or something you're doing, right? It's absolutely critical. Uh, okay, Ash. Uh, beside your company, what is the one thing which you are obsessed with right now? Obsessed with right now. Uh, I can't think of anything in particular, honestly. So at least in the last year with lockdown, there has been, uh, uh, there hasn't been much else going on. <laughs> um, let me think. Um, no, so nothing that I can think of, honestly. So I've been pretty, uh, pretty hammered into work recently now, at least with all this stuff going on. And uh, with Shadow Map Security Brigade, there's pretty much uh, zero time left. Um, uh, in the next month, we are expecting our first child. So that's going to be taking a lot of uh, focus away, potentially. So uh, right now, we're just trying to keep up and, you know, get as much done as I can, because I'm expecting the next couple of months to be very distracted. Uh, and a lot of uh, oh, okay. uh, a lot of my obsession going in different directions at that point, I'm assuming. Uh, no, but uh, otherwise, I think pre-COVID, at least, I was definitely obsessed with traveling. Uh, so I think... Um, uh, I mean, my wife and I have been constantly traveling and also because I, uh, because um, security brigade can essentially operate wherever I'm in the world, right? Uh, that was one of the advantages, right? So I think uh, uh, in the last five years, uh, since we got married, we traveled pretty much all over the world constantly. Uh, I had a rule that I had to take a holiday at least once a month, no matter what. Uh, even though I would be working half the holiday, right? At least it would be somewhere, uh, somewhere nice and somewhere comfortable. So I was definitely obsessed with travel. Um, so that's, that's definitely been something that I would absolutely love. Uh, okay, okay, Ash. Any of that in the last year, so that's been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a uh, piece of advice which sounded good when you heard it, but it turned out extremely terrible. Any advice? <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrible. Um, huh. 
I'm trying to think of something. Um, so one advice I get constantly, right? Um, um, from a lot of people over the years, right? Uh, is people look at the business and go, hey, why don't you start doing more things, right? Why don't you diversify? Why don't you start selling firewalls and doing X, Y, and Z, right? Um, and that's the thing that um, initially we did try it back in 2006, 7, 8, we did try it. Uh, and then we said, no, let's let's really focus on what we're good at, right? Um, so, and then since then, the idea has always been if, if we can't be the absolute best at doing it, don't bother doing it, right? Um, so that was something that a lot of people have told me over the years. Somebody told me this, I think, last week. Uh, as well, uh, where somebody suggested, hey, why don't you start three new things as part of the company? Uh, but uh, we've tried it, it's not worked well, and we've learned our lesson where uh, we only really need to do things that we're amazing at, and that's about it. So that's uh, that's definitely one thing I've got a lot of times, yeah. Got it. One last question which we have is, you know, one app which you can tell us about with which you are obsessed with, you know, probably after lockdown. After lockdown? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Swiggy, I would say, is definitely one app that I, I'm constantly <laughs> using. Uh, uh, no, so in the last two weeks, I think my wife and I have been obsessed with the Google Pay app, right? I don't know if you all have seen the, the Google India game that's been launched. I think uh, my wife has got pretty hooked and she's obsessed with it. I am absolutely obsessed from a marketing standpoint, right? I think it's a, uh, a beyond genius uh, marketing move that they have done. Um, and I'm just literally looking at it every day in awe of the different, you know, uh, different ways in which they're creating transactions and things, but otherwise um, uh, we've been using a lot of the game game apps, right? So, say for example, Among Us, playing with friends and things. Uh, so, there's Among Us. There was a couple of others I can't remember right now offhand um, that we that we used to use a lot to play games with friends over Zoom or whatever, which has been really good. Um, so that that's been incredible in terms of uh, uh, staying connected with people, right? So we have um, at least in the start of the lockdown, we used to have weekly calls with pretty much all our friends uh, and stuff. So that was uh, so Among Us has been a really good one as well. Uh, okay, okay, Ash. We have one more question with you. Uh, what message would you like to give the students who are starting out their ventures very early from their college days? Um, sure. So I think when you're in the very early phase, right? Um, I think it's a. I mean, in terms of a message, I would say is basically it's a great opportunity to experiment and try, right? Uh, there is no better time than that time to fail at something. Uh, because you don't really have the external pressures of the world, right? You don't really have the external pressure of, of paying rent or, you know, X, Y, and Z pressure that comes in, uh, which for me personally was a key factor in security brigade, right? Uh, if I had to go and start a new company today uh, with a wife and family and all of this, I, it, it would be difficult and you would have to be really sure, right? Uh, so I would say this is definitely a great time to go and try something out, uh, whether, it's a, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's a startup, whether it's joining a job that seems less than ideal, right? Whether, um, I mean, I see a lot of cases where uh, parents will push kids into, you know, please, uh, right out of college, go take that big four job or go take that job at TCS or Infosys or whatever, uh, while ignoring startup jobs, right? I would say this is the time to take to experiment. Go work somewhere that you think is risky. Go work, go do things that are risky right now, right? Because this is the time you can try and fail uh, as opposed to later where it gets much harder. Uh, and go take some gambles in life and see if some of them work and some of them don't, but nothing else, you'll have a good story to tell and hopefully some lessons learned as well. Uh, it was great with you, Yash. Uh, so we would like to end the session. Uh, very big thanks to our today's guest and all the audience and people listening out there on us. Thank you so very much, Yash and Akhil. Your presence really made a great effect. Once again, thank you, one and all present here. Thank you, Yash. Thank you, Akhil. So before we wrap up, you know, just uh, yes, uh, since you know this audio, uh, podcast will be heard by a lot of students, uh, you know, do you guys at uh, Shadow Map or Security Sorry, have uh, Can you just opening? repeat the last part? Oh, yes. So uh, since you know this part. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we we are um, sorry, 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 sorry. I actually missed that uh, for a second, but I've got it now. Um, so we are hiring. Uh, we have positions open across Security Brigade, across, across Shadow Map, uh, pretty much on all fronts, right? So we're hiring business, we're hiring sales, we're hiring tech, devs, security guys uh, across the board. Uh, interns, we do take some interns on. So we um, we prefer not to take unpaid internships. So as a policy, we only take paid internships and things because uh, I think it's only fair, right? Um, so we do have, I mean, we do have opportunities and especially when good candidates come along that, you know, are still studying or something, we're really open to taking them on for a few months. 
So, I mean, anybody that wants to apply, please feel free. Um, for Security Brigade, there's a careers website for Shadow Map. You can just shoot out to careers at shadowmap.com. Uh, so we're, we're, we're pretty much uh, really aggressively hiring right now. Um, so would love to have people reach out and uh, hopefully get some people on board. Sure, we'll definitely we'll spread this message. And uh, you know, lastly, thanks for your time today. It was great having oh, you absolutely. on this podcast. Absolutely, guys. It was great talking to both of you. It was good seeing you again, Akhil. Oh, yeah.